Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Makes Me Mad, a podcast where I discuss the things that make me mad. What is going on, everybody? This is episode 141 of the podcast, officially getting into the vibe of recording two weeks at a time. We started off at a month at a time. Now we're getting down to two weeks, trying to get it back down to once a week. I think I have a decent chance at this. I'm excited about it. But this is not a podcast where I discuss my excitement about things. It's things where I come on here and discuss my disapproval of things and my upset vibes towards it, I guess is how you could say. So yeah, couple of things that have made me mad this week. And if you're wondering, well, is it football related? Yeah, of course it's football related. I love the sport, but it does stuff that drives me insane, where I could enjoy the sport more, but of course you have things like that that, you know, make me mad. So, I am ready to discuss some of the things that have made me mad this week. For starters, I couldn't watch the Badger football game this weekend because it was on Peacock, and I have discussed at length on this program about my disdain for sports exclusively going to streaming services. I've talked about it with Thursday Night Football. I've talked about it with college football, Premier League, baseball. Everybody's doing it now, and it's pissing me off. And it's really pissing me off with uh, with Peacock as well, too. You want to get notoriety for your conference, Big Ten? You want to get people to watch your product? Put it on freaking cable! This whole, oh, we got to go towards the streaming service and make a deal with the streaming service. Guess what? If NBC wants to air your games, great. And when they're like, well, here's an extra $20 million so we can put Purdue versus Iowa on Peacock. You say no deal. Because guess what? It's going to be better for your conference in the long run. Enough for all this. We got to try to get as much money as humanly possible. And by the way. This is what frustrates me the hell out of Wisconsin being on Peacock. And I get every team is probably going to have to do it on the Big Ten. A couple more than others, but it still drives me nuts. I get it. Like, that's the deal they've signed up with. Can't do too much complaining about it. But I know damn well the University of Wisconsin budget is not that great. You know, colleges are having to lay off more people. It's becoming more expensive. This is what's happening. Colleges are becoming more expensive, so kids aren't going because of how ridiculously expensive it is, which makes sense. These universities are then laying off teachers, employees, and everything, so then that makes it even harder for the students at the school to go. Less one-on-one attention, more uh, stress on the employees. But then yet, they sign this massive deal with Peacock, and yet it's weird. None of that goes towards the students. You would think that, you know, I get the athletic budget's probably its own separate budget, but guess what? Those states are being filled with people mainly that are either students for UW or uh, people that whose taxes go, you know, to help the UW system. And I think it's kind of a load of shit that I can't flip it on on a Sunday to watch the Badgers. It makes no sense. I hate it. And every time I go on Facebook, I just keep getting advertisements from Peacock saying, hey, do you want to watch, you know, 
Purdue versus Iowa on Peacock? And I'm like, no, I don't. And so every time I go in there, I'm trying to like up and help ratio all the people that are like, nah, screw this. I'm going to watch it on radio or I'm going to listen to it on radio or I'm going to go get tickets to the game. I'm not downloading Peacock. So shout out to all the people that have realized, hmm, if we don't follow this stupid trend of, you know, sports trying to exclusively go, like, they're not going to win. But if you keep like, well, yeah, sure, I'll pay 10 bucks for Peacock, and then I'll pay 10 bucks for Amazon Prime, I'll pay 10 bucks for ESPN+, Plus, I'll pay 10 bucks for, you know, all these different apps, they're going to keep trying to nickel and dime you out of it. You don't think they will, but I swear to God they will. And so this is how we as fans take back, you know, the games that we love away from these greedy, hungry pricks. And we're like, no, we're not going to watch it. So guess what? You want to know what's going to get them to listen? Ratings. You want to know what's going to get Peacock to, or what's going to get NBC to realize, hmm, maybe nobody wants to watch games on Peacock when nobody watches games on Peacock and they don't get any more subscriptions. Oh yeah, that's right. You could pay $300 million to get, or however much it was for the exclusive playoff game. But yeah, you got to have, you know, but then the same company then a couple months from now will be like, oh, we got to lay some people off. It's so stupid. Drives me nuts. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that I probably don't know too much about, but I just think it's a load of crap that it's like, everyone's like, well, streaming is the future. It's like, really? Or is it kind of a blimp in the radar? Streaming definitely is 100%, you know, going to be uh, something to keep an eye on for the future. Obviously, a lot of people have it, but this whole like, oh, we're just going to do solely streaming. Nah, I highly doubt. I still think cable is going to be around for a really long time. It's just... What drives me nuts is they're like, oh, yes, everybody wants streaming. It's like, well, yeah, we went to streaming because it was cheaper than cable. Like, consumers are going to go to whatever's cheaper, and they could still get their stuff from it. It's not this whole, oh, we just like having, you know, 30 different things to stream from. Like, there's things, obviously, I like about having streaming services, the ability to binge watch stuff, you know, on my own schedule, uh you know, all that, but this whole, oh, we're going to have an arms race to see whoever can, can become more exclusive. Nah, that's not how that flies. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what the results are on Big Ten's uh, Peacock ratings, because if they're down at the toilets, I guarantee you the Big Ten's going to be like, hey, uh, NBC, can we start putting these games, you know, you know, maybe back on cable? Because again, I've talked about it before. They want to do cable and streaming. That's fine. That literally gives you more chances at eyeballs. I don't understand exclusively putting something out for what you think I'm gonna pay $10.99 to watch Purdue versus Iowa? Hell no. I watch Purdue versus Iowa when I'm getting up in the morning and I'm flipping on ESPN two to maybe find a game that I want to watch. I'm not paying ten bucks for Purdue Iowa. You could even pay me to watch Purdue Iowa. Oh, thank you. Two mediocre offenses? Hell no. You want me to pay for a streaming service? You want me to sign up for a free trial to watch Iowa and Brian Ferentz try to learn how an offense works? No, thank you. I am not doing that. So, yeah, that kind of pissed me off on Saturday. Wanted to watch the Badger game. They're facing Rutgers. They were just had a bye week the week before. Can't watch them because they're on Peacock. And I'm going to have to go through the same stupid bullshit when the Badgers basketball season rolls around 
because, you know, I think it was last year they had a game on Big Ten Plus, and I'm like, I'm not going to pay to watch on a TV, you know, the Badgers take on some mediocre Division II school. I'm not doing that. I may go to the Kohl Center to watch them play, because it might even be cheaper to do it that way, and I get the experience of being at the game. But now it's like with this whole Peacock deal, they've signed up. I think there's going to be also a couple of games exclusively on Peacock as well, too. And it's like, fuck off. It's not going to work. So stop doing this. So, yeah, they didn't watch no Thursday night football last night again because, you know, I'm not giving no money to Jeff Bezos because, you know, God knows that motherfucker doesn't have enough money that Washington Post has to lay off some employees because, you know, budget restraints and all that. But, oh, richest man in the world over there jeff bezos can throw all the money in the world at thursday night football and put it exclusively on amazon prime yeah fuck you buddy so yeah didn't watch no thursday night football but uh watched it last week though i went to a bar so that's different i went to a bar to watch the packers play the lions and good god that was kind of a blowout which honestly i'm kind of glad the more these games are blowouts and boring the more less eyeballs will be on Amazon Prime, and then that's less commercials they could sell, less money they could make, and then the NFL's going to be like, oh, geez, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Because guess what? I'm not paying 10 bucks a month to watch Russell Wilson in prime time. Like, could you imagine if you decide to sign up, like, for a free month trial, your Thursday night football games this week or this month would have been Bears at Commanders, which surprisingly kind of turned into a good game, but like that's two of like the worst offenses in the league. The Lions and Packers really wasn't that close. It kind of became a game for a little bit, but really wasn't that close. And then Chiefs and Broncos, which was a complete cluster of an offensive performance. So have fun watching Russell Wilson on primetime, people who decide to pay for Amazon Prime. And friendly reminder. With you paying 10 bucks a month to watch your Amazon Prime, an Amazon worker isn't going to be able to go to the bathroom. All those stories you hear about it, that man's the richest man on the planet, and you think he gives two shits about you? Nah, that's why I'm not giving him my hard-earned money. I don't get paid a whole lot, so I don't feel like giving some guy who won't even piss me or piss me out if I was on fire. You know, I'm not giving him my money. But I'm tell you what, I'm glad I didn't sign up for no subscription because the past two weeks though of watching the Packers have kind of been a bit of a train wreck. There's a lot of things that has been frustrating me with this team. I came on, I talked la- I think uh, last Friday, I think it was, where I chatted about it. Uh, I th- maybe a little bit about the defense, maybe, and the offense. Again, a disaster this week on Monday night. I'm thinking, okay. They're facing the Raiders, which have one of the worst defenses in the league. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not that great of a quarterback. They should be a high step into the end zone kind of game. But it wasn't. The Packers completely stunk that night. Just an all-around disaster of a game. The offense couldn't get anything going until late in the fourth quarter. They had a couple of nice plays. A couple of nice plays. I'll give them that. But first half was just absolutely brutal. A nice opening drive, but then they couldn't capitalize off anything. Uh, And then they fall behind, and then they just couldn't get anything going. And this is a thing that's frustrating me with Matt LaFleur. 
I like LaFleur. I've noticed I've been saying a lot more lately. I like LaFleur, but I've been saying that a lot, and it's kind of been getting frustrating. I, and I don't want to put him on the hot seat because this is one of the youngest teams in football. But there's some things where it's like, what are we doing? The run game was working fine first drive. He then tries a trick play. Doesn't work. He's then throwing the ball very, very short, which for some reason was an emphasis that the Packers started putting on. Like, oh, we want to do it like short. But like throwing the ball downfield was working fine earlier in the year. They're connecting on some plays. You just can't go into a game with a game plan expecting it to work and then keep trying it when it doesn't work. So I get, yeah, you want Aaron Jones to be a big part of the offense, but he's got a hamstring issue, couldn't go. So you decide, all right, we got to change it up. But it's like, there was some stuff that was working early on, and it's like, why not just keep trying that? And I get, Jordan Love didn't have a good game. I will 100% give everybody that. Yeah, the three interceptions, took a couple sacks. Yeah, it was not a good game. But for all the dipshits that are saying he should get benched, or isn't the guy, or that we should put in, like, another quarterback? Like, what are you talking about? It's through five games he's played as an actual starter. Everybody was clamoring for him in the offseason. Oh, he needs to replace Rodgers. He needs to replace Rodgers. Blah, 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 blah. Even Rodgers is like, he's going to be fine. Look through Rodgers' first five games in 2008. He was kind of the same. You can't expect a quarterback to not face adversity. It's one of the hardest positions to play in the National Football League. Everybody just wants him to come in guns a-blazing and figure things out. It's like, yeah, I get he's been with the system for a while. He's had some really good moments. It's what the first sign of adversity you want him to get benched and you want Sean... There is some lady apparently at an airport that a Packers beat writer overheard her say, oh, they should put in Sean Clifford as the starter. Why? Because he played preseason against second and third stringers and had some decent moments? Really? We're going to completely change the face of our franchise by benching the guy that we've been like, we trade up in the first round because we wanted, we traded away our future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. And you mean to tell me that, oh, let's just bench him third game of the season in because, oh, he hit a little bit of a rough spot. God, it genuinely blows my mind how stupid people are in this state when it comes to sports. And especially the Packers. It's like, let him learn a little bit. There's going to be some moments where he's going to struggle. There's also going to be some moments where he's, you know, going to look great. At the end of the year, when we get to the end of the week 18, we look back at his numbers and be like, oh, okay, there's some good, there's some bad. And then when year two rolls around, we look at that and we go, okay, there's some good, there's some bad. It's not that hard. Instead of just having this, oh, they lost, I'm mad, I'm going to tweet out my stupid thoughts on the game. It's like, holy shit, people. Like, listen, Love played bad, but that whole game wasn't his fault. Had a couple of key drops on that final drive. Offense was not good. And like that falls on the floor. The offensive line was not great. 
I don't know why we tried blocking an all-pro defensive end with rookie tight ends. That seems like a recipe for disaster, and it was. But, you know, what do I know? You know, these coaches get paid so much money, and then they do some of the dumbest decisions imaginable. And a prime example would be the Miami football game on Saturday night. They're facing Georgia Tech. All that they have to do is just kneel out the ball, and they win. But instead, their dumb coach, who's got about getting paid a good chunk of cash, decides, nah, let's run the ball. The dude fumbles. Georgia Tech recovers. Georgia Tech completes one pass to get him to, like, the midfield with, like, 10 seconds left. They then throw a 50-yard bomb to score with two seconds left in the game. And so Miami loses. They make bonehead decisions like that, but anybody that has watched football for literally any game ever knows in a situation like that, you take a knee. Like, do we not know situational awareness anymore? You mean to tell me nobody on that staff was like, no, this is a really stupid idea. We literally have a 100% guarantee all that the guy has to do, take the clean snap and drop down to a knee. That's all what you have to do like so many things would have to go wrong where it's like and just nobody on that staff was like hey let's just kneel it out it blows my mind situational awareness in football just drives me insane where it's like i've played madden i've covered high school football i've been to football games i know what to look for i get i may not be great at x's and o's i may not know who's been you know balling out at practice this week but what I do know, and I could tell a coach, is, hey, just take a knee here and you win. Or just do this and you'll be fine. But some of these coaches just overthink everything. And a prime example of that would be our dumbass defensive coordinator decides to put Preston Smith on Devontae Adams during the Monday night football matchup. We all joked about it on Twitter that it was going to happen because Preston Smith had to cover Justin Jefferson for a play one time. And we all knew it wasn't going to work, and then it didn't work. And we're like, ah, I'm sure Joe Barry will put Devon, will put Preston Smith on Devontae Adams. And sure as shit, that ended up happening. And it just blows my mind that it's situational awareness like that where nobody looks and been like, how is this guy still our defensive coordinator? How does nobody on the sideline look and be like, wow, we are putting guys in the dumbest place imaginable and expecting them to execute. You can't put a 260-pound edge rusher on one of the quickest and shiftiest receivers in the league. That's just being stupid. I don't care if you're playing zone or playing man. You don't do that. And it's just like, what did you expect? I want to know, like when they interviewed Joe Barry, be like, what did you expect was going to happen from that play? Because there's no way in hell anybody that has watched football before would under would think that Preston Smith is going to hang with Devontae Adams. Preston Smith, fine pass rusher. I like him. Rush the quarterback with him. Don't have him in man coverage against one of the best receivers in the NFL. That's just stupid. And on that whole drive, the Raiders just went down the field, dinking and dunking it, not having up any big plays, and then they score. Everybody can figure out with the Joe Barry defense that all you have to do is just dink and dunk everything when they play 10 yards off the ball, and then you just walk down the field and score. Literally. Like, the defense didn't even play that bad on Monday night. 
But it's just they have these moments where it's just they let you down in key spots. So I'm not saying that that whole loss is on the Packers defense. And I'm not saying it's all on Joe Barry. But we've seen this film before. And it's just so incredibly frustrating. Because we all knew he was going to put Preston Smith on Devontae Adams. And then it's a 20-yard completion, which kind of helped me win a fantasy football game. So thank you for that. But they do that. And then it's a first down. And then they score on another slant play. Hey, guess what? Any offensive coordinator that's going up against the Packers, you can basically beat them with slants. There are so many dudes that are just out of position, uh, that are put in not good spots. And it's like you have to put these guys in better spots to win a football game. We've seen it with Joe Barry before. He's not a good defensive coordinator. He was defensive coordinator on a team that went 0-16. The, one of the few winless teams in the league went 0-16. He was the defensive coordinator for them. They were ranked dead last in the league when it came to defense. Why did anybody think he would be a good hire? Oh, he's just friends with LaFleur. That's why he got hired. It's like, thanks a lot, LaFleur. Congratulations. You've had one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league. And one of the reasons why he doesn't have an extra Super Bowl ring is because one of the reasons I feel like is because you held on to mediocre assistants and coordinators for far too long. Joe Barry, Mo Drayton, when it came to special teams, it's like, how many times does these guys have to shoot your teams in the foot for you to realize, I need someone in here that knows what the fuck they're doing? Just someone like a Passaccia. Like, I get special teams hasn't been the greatest for the Packers this year, but it's like, punting looks to be fine. Kicking so far with a rookie field goal kicker is working out pretty good. Oh, by the way, all the idiots that were calling for Andres Carlson to get released during the preseason, even though his brother, who was someone that struggled with kicking in the National Football League, is now a Pro Bowl kicker. All those people that wanted him to be released, look at you idiots now. He has been perfect so far on field goal attempts, so I hope you feel really stupid about how your opinions are always wrong. But it just blows my mind that, like, you know, you bring in somebody like that, and it's just they become competent. Like, all through 2021... We knew. Special teams, absolute disaster. Oh, who's leading the charge? Mo Drayton. Okay, maybe get somebody in there that knows what they're doing when it comes to special teams. We get someone in there that becomes special teams guy. Guess what? Special teams, a little bit better. And it's nice. It's been pleasant to watch special teams. Like last year, watching Keyshawn Nixon have good returns. It's like, wow, look at this. We deserve this. But it's just incredibly frustrating because it's like he does stuff joe barry does stuff with like putting preston smith on Devonte adams and then like the lions game where the lions are going to come out and run the football on an obvious third down they bring in their jumbo package and we only have two defensive linemen in the game and they're not any of our all pro guys they're no kenny clark no Devonte wyatt it's two guy, two backup guys who i like but like they're backup guys and it's just moments like that where it's like in what world, What? why would you do that? Like, you have t- over 20 years of experiencing in coaching. No, anybody with a brain when it comes to football will be like, oh, they're bringing in their big guys? Let's match that as well and get ourselves in a good matchup. And guess what? The Lions saw that, that we only had two defensive linemen. They ran the ball, wide open touchdown for the running back. Like, and we're the only ones that saw this, and Joe Barry's up in the booth like, ah, god dang, how'd they figure that out? It's like, dude! Have a little bit of situational awareness. When I come out, when I play Madden football, 
and I have a really speedy receiver, and I see the defense come out where they're stacking the box, now I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to dial up a play for my receiver. When I talk with some of the coaches, one of my favorite things to talk about is one of the coaches that I interview with high school football. They have a good run game, and they also have a good passing game. And so when the run game does really good, I go, oh, how'd the run game do really well? He says, well, they were putting a bunch in the secondary to try to match up with our passing attack, so we just ran the ball. And then the following week, oh, your passing attack did really good. How did you do that? Oh, well, they stacked the box because they were worried about our run game, so we threw the ball. That's football. That's all what you have to do to beat a team. Find their weaknesses and pound it on them. Put your kids in good, or put your guys in good situations to win. And the Packers don't do that at all right now. And it's incredibly frustrating. It's a young team, but that even shows how critical coaching is more. I mean, just how many times has the defense let us down in 2021, 2022, and now 2023, where it's like, hey, you guys have been playing great. We need a stop. And then they just let them march right down the field and score a touchdown. Take all the momentum out uh, from the offense. Eight-minute drives. Give up a touchdown. Like, how many times do we got to see this before? Incredibly frustrating. I'd rather have it where it's we're going to be aggressive. Like, put our guys in man. Get after the quarterback instead of this whole, oh, we got to play prevent defense because we're scared. Hate it. You, you have so many first-round picks on that defense. You have so many athletes. Let them be athletic. Don't just put everybody back scared. Let them get after the quarterback. Let them go face the wide receivers one-on-one and see what happens. Just incredibly frustrating. And I think probably the last thing I'm going to talk about here as well, too. I've talked about it before. Probably talk about it again. MLB playoffs. I really don't like the new format. Uh, I like the one game wild card where it was, hey, you just have, you know, two wild card teams face each other. One game elimination. Winner of that moves on to the divisional series where it increases to five games. I'm not a big fan of having that extra wild card team in there and making it just a three game series where I believe all the games are played uh, at one at, you know, the higher seed ballpark. It, there's just a lot of it that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Only reason it was designed for was to make the owners a couple more money, uh, have more playoff games, more sellouts, more people in the ballpark. I got to be honest. I really don't like it. I mean, I'm fine with, like, the Dodgers and Braves getting knocked out because at the end of the day, you know, hey, postseason, you got to rise up to the occasion. And those teams did not do that at all. But, like, for baseball, all you got to do is just go back to the way it was. Like this whole like oh let's have an extra wild card team. I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of that. Like I think the Marlins were the extra wild card team this year for the NL, and like they kind of got ran over by a truck by the Phillies. But then obviously the Phillies got really good. So there's been some people that are like, oh we gotta change the playoff format because why the Dodgers got knocked out again? Guess what? The Dodgers always get knocked out of the postseason. Like it's bound to happen. So you know I think they just gotta go back to the regular postseason format but this whole like oh do we have to change it up it's like no like it's five game series figure it out you guys want to be world series contenders you have to figure it out but yeah i don't know it's just some stuff 
that's also happened in the postseason that's been kind of frustrating. Like some start times I think have been kind of dumb, like 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. It's like, how about maybe just put it on at 6 o'clock? Maybe have it go up against another game. Like, I get we want to do this whole standalone thing. That's another thing why it drives me nuts with the Big Ten. They're doing more games on Friday night as well, too, because, you know, they want, hey, there's no college games really on Friday night. Let's put them on Friday. Even though Friday's supposed to be high school football. But, you know, it's this whole, hey, standalone game. A lot more viewership opportunities, a lot more ways so we could sell ads, even though we already don't do that enough in college football. So they, they, uh, yeah, just completely, completely drives me nuts with some of the decisions that they make, uh, when it comes to that stuff. But yeah, but, but, but for baseball, it's like, just put them at two, six o'clock games two nine o'clock games it's not that hard like i get we want to have all these standalone games where you have as many eyeballs as possible on it but like four o'clock on a thursday like on a tuesday like who's gonna be able to make that like and especially when games are literally like you know like two days in advance like i can't request off work like i gotta work but whatever i mean i guess it could be a lot worse could be a lot worse with the stuff we've seen with with rob manford give him credit the pitch clock has worked and some of the stuff to speed up the game i've talked about it before i'll say it again it's been working i'm a fan of it i think it's helped increase play it seems like more people are enjoying it and more people going out to the ballpark i think it's great other than that though i think rob manfred's also a complete hoe just uh on that kind of stuff as well too when it comes to a bunch of other stuff so i guess you know broken clock is twice rice a day twice rice right a day a broken clock is right twice a day. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, good job, Rob, man, Fred, for, you know, figuring out all that stuff. But, yeah, that's going to do it, though, for this week's edition of What Makes Me Mad. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.